Oh shit, you've got quite the uh, double feature <laughs> going on there. Now that's a thumbnail for the, <laughs> for the ages. Welcome listeners to episode 59 of the Laser Comb Podcast, the podcast where two 90s kids comb through classic television with a fine-tooth laser. I am one of your hosts, NeoCal. And I'm the Siege, the other guy, back from the back from the uh, the dead that is uh, having COVID, which is why this episode is like two weeks late. That's right. Back from the dead. Walking himself. Yep. Undertaker music suddenly comes on, but we swear we saw you buried <laughs> on well, live television. See, see, you saw me buried, but, but you hear the Undertaker gong come on. But then instead of the funeral bell, it's keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> and you just come out with a bandana and Aves and, and a hog. <laughs> yeah. So you're you're that Undertaker. Yeah. I've okay, al- okay. I've always liked uh, by, uh, the American Badass Undertaker more. And uh, we got an American Badass show today. Yes, we are reviewing the 14th episode overall of a little show called Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. This episode, as I mentioned, is the 14th episode overall, Mystery Solvers Club State Finals, which originally aired on May 3rd, 2011. Now, why are we talking about this show, Cal? Why are we talking about this show? Yeah. Why do we do anything? (laughs) Uh, We're talking about it because uh, we uh, are taking some Patreon requests. Yeah, kind of. It's kind of an ongoing thing right now for the next while until we, I don't know, until we get sick of it and want to review stuff that we want to talk about again. Sometimes uh, we hate it, and sometimes uh, we escape in the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this was a Patreon pick by longtime listener and patron of uh, various of our podcasts at this point, uh, Cone Killer Confusor. That's right. He pitched us Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Now, full disclosure, this was the first time I'd ever seen an episode of Scooby-Doo Anything start to finish. Really? I did not watch Scooby-Doo growing up. I didn't really like old cartoons when I was a kid. Shit. Like, I couldn't couldn't stand the 60s Spider-Man cartoon just because even when I was, like, a little kid. It was pretty bad. I'm I'm like, it looks bad. I hated it's, like old animation. I'd literally rather go and like read another Game Pro magazine than. And old Scooby Doo was pretty, like you could tell the budget and that the the beats were all the same. That's something every I, single I, time. That's something I actually want to get into talking about a little bit. Okay. Okay. 
But um, yeah, I, I would watch it. But it was like one of those things where if nothing else was on, or right, my, a sibling or something wanted to watch it. Um, but yeah, Scooby Doo definitely picked up with its different, uh, different iterations along the years. Many iterations over the years. Many, including uh, some live action movies, <laughs> and a recent couple recent cgi movies i believe i think they were called scoob with an exclamation oh, mark she yeah i think and, they were released uh, to uh straight to streaming yeah even a, a recent uh scooby-doo show uh that doesn't have scooby on it yeah so velma i was reading uh yesterday actually that uh apparently a second season is in the works so we're not going to get to talk about it yet oh gosh <laughs> oh, oh darn <laughs> Oh, gosh, golly. Uh, so I don't know a ton about... Um, I don't know a ton about Scooby-Doo as a property. But what I wanted to talk about was Hanna-Barbera. Yeah. The the animation company. Because you... Uh, like, we, we brought up animation. And Hanna-Barbera weren't the first... They didn't pioneer this. But they were one of the, like, pioneering studios of using a animation technique called uh limited animation where it's like the majority of the character would be a static animation cell and like certain only certain parts of them like their mouth or their arm uh would move it was a cost cutting measure so they could you know instead of spending like you know thirty thousand dollars uh animating an episode they could spend like three thousand and it was also faster mm-hmm um and so Hanna-Barbera became kind of became a prolific uh, uh, animation studio in the, the 1960s and the 70s uh, and into the 80s because of this and because like because uh, 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 limited animation uh, was so cost effective and because it was uh, so fast, they started churning out shows like just left and right willy nilly mm -hmm. of the highest quality. Of the highest quality. Interestingly enough, sometimes they would even like rip off their own shows. Like if they found something that worked, like Scooby Doo, they would release like a handful of other shows that just follow that exact same formula. Yeah, beat beat the competitors to the punch and rip off yourself before <laughs> the other studios do. And as a result, we have a unending amount of Hanna Barbera characters. And if there's anyone out there that claims that they can like name them on site. I don't know. Think you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah, there's I, hundreds. I think Hanna Barbera's most prolific characters are probably. I'd say probably Hanna Barbera's most prolific characters would be Scooby Doo, the Jetsons, the Flintstones, and the Smurfs. I just forgot about the smurfs but yeah immediately flintstones and they all have a certain style to them yep. that like it's kind of readily easily re recognizable yeah so and it, it it's from uh like i was saying it was from the limited animation style it was from that technique that they were doing and like sometimes they would even reuse like animation cells across like different shows oh wow yeah. But yeah, um, Flintstones, I was in that generation where like I was aware of all that and I like watched it, but I never thought it was good. <laughs> like, I can't tell you 
that Flintstones impacted my life. Watched a ton of it, but I remember I used to like the uh, there was an animated movie that came out I think in the late eighties or early nineties called The Jetsons Meet the Flintstones. I used to. Watch I remember that. that. Yeah. Yeah, they um, Jetsons accidentally go back to the Stone Age, and then the Flintstones accidentally go to the future. Hijinks. Basically, just take over each other's lives. Uh, do you remember the live action Flintstones movie <laughs> with uh, John Goodman and Rick Moranis? <laughs> yes. Oh man, it got a sequel I... too that like none of the original cast returned for. I think it was called Viva Rock Vegas. Oh yeah, even as a kid, I was like, "This is, this is like a cheap sequel." Yeah, Never cheap, cared like, for it. Direct to video. Sequel. Like even as a kid, exactly. Even as a kid, I was not interested in that. I was like, "What? Where's Rick Moranis? Where's Honey? I Shrunk the Kids guy? Where's yeah. Goodman? Like, what? I don't care about these people." Oh wait, no. I think I think we my cousins rented it, and I did watch it because certain scenes are popping into my head right about now. What a weird movie. Sidebar: Like, let's make a kid a live action kids movie about a tv show that was like popular like decades prior and set it in vegas well it wasn't the live action flintstones movies they weren't really kids movies per se like they were i think they were pg rated family movies yeah 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 they were they they were mostly written for um people because they came out in the 90s right so people who would have been kids when the flintstones was originally airing Mm -hmm. so they could watch it with their families yeah family like movies I, are always like that yeah like i i remember there being like like crude like sexual humor in it and such probably amazed if any hey shout out to the people that uh defend that movie comment down below if uh that was your gem growing up right so what do we got here though Why did oh we wait we get a live action we... jetsons movie you know what even as a kid, I remember being like, oh, the next one must be Jetsons. Like seeing the beats of Hollywood and being like, oh, well, if there's Flintstones, then there's going to be Jetsons. Uh, and there wasn't. Oh, and the next one we got was Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Years later. Weird. In the early 2000s. Uh, that was the first movie writ- ever written by uh, James Gunn. Right. And he made uh, Scrappy do the villain, truly doing God's work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that movie has like a lot of like, like late praise. Like as of as of the last five years, like a lot of people are like, "Hey, this movie is actually genius," and like flips everything on its head. And he canonized Scrappy Doo being the villain. So <laughs> I have a relative who has a a dog named that they named scrappy which i found funny and they're like well why is that funny i'm like you picked the character that ever in scooby-doo that everyone hates yeah and they're they're, like they were and these these people grew up watching scooby-doo they were completely dumbfounded by what i was saying i'm like oh they didn't know now it was a character no they didn't know that uh he was reviled as a character i'm like i don't even like like have no familiarity with scooby-doo i just know through word of mouth that like scrappy-doo is a very unpopular character yeah absolutely even man remember watching that and my 
another reason a certain sibling big red flags is um yeah i had a sibling that really liked scrappy doo and that should have been that should have been a a flag being like well wait a second anybody that really likes scrappy doo is uh something wrong with them but luckily we don't have a scrappy doo uh we have more annoying characters in uh in this episode uh yep um they're not they don't overstay their welcome too much i will say that before we get into the the episode the only character that i found kind of annoying was caveman his that's the thing about hanna Bar- barbera like characters is some of them have one shtick and if they don't stick in their they don't stay in their lane they're not then they're not the same character but because they only have one like gimmick they grow tiresome really really quickly it's right. like when i was a kid why i didn't like um uh um sylvester and tweety or um uh wiley coyote and the roadrunner or like any of those like pairings is because you know how it's going to end and it's like a predator animal trying to eat like a prey animal and the prey animal always wins and i was always like man let's catch that roadrunner for once come on man or like oh i hate tweety such a cocky little shit let's get him tom and jerry (laughs) Tom and Jerry, yeah. Um, I I don't know why, but I always sided with like the animal trying to eat the other one because I always found um, the annoying cockiness of the the Tweety slash Roadrunner slash uh, Jerry yeah. character like insufferable. Well, because it's it like <laughs> what the predator Anyone animal. Else? The predator animal is like just doing its thing. But like the prey animal is like actively trying to torment, antagonize them, and torment them. Yeah, and and it almost seems like the reason why the the predator animal even wants to eat them is because they're a shithead, <laughs> right? Like they probably move on and go after something else that's easier to catch. Yeah, wonder who voiced uh, Roadrunner. Um probably didn't like mel blanc like voice like all those characters probably all those looney tunes <laughs> characters probably anyway so this episode of scooby-doo mystery incorporated opens with scooby in bed and one thing that i noticed immediately was it seems like and again i haven't watched anything scooby-doo start to finish ever prior to this i've yeah, seen that's like, exciting i've seen clips here and there but to me, it seems like Scooby talks more in this. Like he he's more coherent when he speaks. Like hmm. all I all I remember him saying is things like "ro roy," "roy roro," "reggy." But like he actually has conversations in this whole conversations whole, yeah. and they speak to him and understand him. Now, from what I recall of the OG Scooby Doo, Shaggy was the only one who really understood Scoob. And that's just because Shaggy was on drugs all the time. And that's because he's on <laughs> drugs all the time. And it's also his dog. I mean, I feel like it's his dog. They're they're all a team, right? But yeah, um, I'm with you there. I don't recall Shaggy, uh, Shaggy, <laughs> Scooby having whole conversations 
Yeah, cone killer. Fill us in on this. Yeah, maybe that's a um, something I just fell out of, right? Like we haven't watched a lot of Scooby Doo. Maybe this is something that's came up, you know, very very soon after the uh, old school OG Scooby Doo. But uh, yeah, he's like a whole character, has whole conversations, and everybody understands him. Like mm-hmm. he speaks English, and everybody talks to this talking dog. And I was like, oh. That's something I noticed right away as well. So Scooby is uh, in bed. He He's all sick. And the mystery gang is all there. And what are their names? Fred, Daphne, Velma, and Shaggy. Yeah. Fred is the trust fund kid who funds their mystery adventures. <laughs> uh, he wears an orange ascot, blonde hair. Yeah. Velma, nerdy one, orange sweater. Um, Daphne uh like you know the, uh the, the hot one preppy uh, yeah. well i think that velma's the hot one but i we all got different different tastes uh she daphne, also has daphne has red hair well they, yeah. if you could combine them and put the glasses <laughs> and the curves on to... <laughs> uh, yeah yeah i'm with you there <laughs> um and uh shaggy uh and i think based on how the story goes instead of them traveling around dodge dra- uh, dodging the draft for the <laughs> vietnam war which is one of the fan theories of scooby-doo right they're all a bunch of teenagers dodging the draft um right. they're in a town like they specifically are in like one town and maybe it's just this episode but it seems that there's recurring characters like it seems like the sheriff is a recurring character yeah yeah and uh yeah anyone listening you can like correct us like our whole thing is we watch one episode of a show and if we haven't watched it then we're going to be wrong about stuff but yeah it seems a little bit more store a story around a town and recurring characters which is interesting i'm not used to that yeah and this this show from uh the, the limited amount of research that i did this show was uh uh actually serialized unlike uh most traditional scooby-doo series interesting well and indeed uh the like you said they the whole thing starts um what's going on here oh right uh they're they're trying to go to the uh the uh mystery solvers club state finals which is apparently a which is apparently a thing specifically uh teams of teenagers with like a mascot yeah (laughs) um that so solve fred, crimes fred really wants to go to this but scooby is sick in bed and uh they're like well we we, we can't go without scooby and this really upsets fred he's like oh, oh yeah definitely not one moment walks into the other room and just lays like no why why, why? <laughs> as it's like muffled and his like um shadow is cast on the wall yeah this is they, when I immediately was like, they're really good writers here. They they revisit this gag at the end of this episode too. It made me chuckle. I, I actually was didn't cringe at any of the writing. And oh man, it writing really is everything. Like this could have easily just been absolutely terrible. Like we've watched things where we like the animation, right? Or we like the plot in of itself. But the writing is just like intolerable, and uh, this is the the opposite. The, the The plot, man, it doesn't matter. Ghost shows up, they get him, 
right? Well, look like, at, that's um, the fucking plot, right? But it's the writing that <laughs> makes it good. Look at Manimal. Extremely memorable show. The writing? That episode is actually kind of boring. <laughs> like, the writing's... <laughs> But, like, that show is still amazing because, like, everything else around it is just such a joy. At least yeah, for that, me, anyway. That's a good point. Like, it, you just need to hit one one thing and make it, like, really good. Like, I know. Christopher's never watched it, but he knows. He knows as a dude behind the mask. Or a ghost. <laughs> or whatever yeah. it's supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... Uh, Shaggy tries to give Scooby some soup. Scooby, oh, I forgot about that gag. He just has a fucking huge pot, and instead of you know putting it in a bowl, he just puts the amazed nobody got scolded of chicken soup. And he's like, "Like Scoob, how about you have some chicken soup?" <laughs> and uh, plops it right on his his chest. Do dogs have a chest? <laughs> Scooby start as he's covered in soup now, and uh, and they're all covered in soup. Oh, he sneezes that. and knocks the pot of soup all over the the other gang. Scooby starts to wonder if all he is to them is a side is like the sidekick, and I'm like, bro, you're the titular character of the show. The show's literally named after you. Daphne or someone accidentally says that. Oh well, we can't go to the state finals without our sidekick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only a sidekick to you. And they're like, no. And I'm like, you guys, me and mascot. I I don't think that's worse, but, or that that's better, but they, they mean iconic that icon. Yeah. But yeah, he's sad because they, they called him a sidekick. And he basically cries himself to sleep and then quote wakes up. And I immediately knew what they were doing here. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, is this happening? This is a dream episode. Yeah, this is a fever dream episode, which is fine. Um, Literally a fever dream episode. Yeah, where he wakes up and he is uh, feeling better and they're like magically better. Oh, boy, we can go to the uh, to the uh, mystery solvers club finals. And so it's at the this like school gymnasium, presumably the school that they just go to. And they yeah, and uh, they pull up. And they pass some other vehicles, and one's like a a Stone Age vehicle. One is like um, a UFO. Yeah, what was it? One's a UFO, and one's like a a Looney Dooney, like a Dune buggy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it says Looney Dooney. <laughs> a Looney Dooney. Yeah, and there's a whole bunch of Hanna Barbera ish characters here. So something that uh, Wikipedia says is that this is an episode-long homage to the golden years of Hanna-Barbera. This installment is almost entirely animated in the same visual style as Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? All the sidekicks are from Hanna-Barbera production shows that copied the basic mystery-solving-slash-sidekick formula that Scooby-Doo pioneered. This What an episode to land on. Right? Like, <laughs> I was thinking probably that. The perfect, I was like, holy shit. This is probably the perfect episode for us to randomly land on. And they even look visually different in that they are animate, like the, sorry, uh, their style is drawn like old Hanna-Barbera characters. The only one that I recognized out of all of these was the shark guy. Oh, not, um, uh, what's his name? Captain Caveman? <laughs> no, I didn't recognize him. He, I was just annoyed by him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
I recognized Captain Caveman. Uh, I didn't really recognize the the, uh, the the shark. I can't remember his name. Sorry, folks. They introduce all of them at one point. Right. I'm just looking something up. Unga Bunga, me, Captain Caveman. Is the Funky Phantom real? Sorry, hold my... <laughs> funky Phantom. What is the Funky Phantom? Yeah, he's real, folks. All right, I found a uh, uh, a Scooby-Doo wiki. Wow. Um, huh. I'm going to go to the wiki episode. The wiki That's page wild. For this episode. Okay, okay. Okay, so the... Who are they? Um, the Teen Angels. The Teen Angels, right? The, the Funky Phantom Crew. Funky Phantom Crew. Oh, the Teen Angels is um, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels, right? Uh, or something like... I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> Anyways, you said... Uh, the Speed Bugs. The Speed Bugs. All right. Yeah, the Speed Bugs are the ones in the, uh, the Dune Buggy. Okay, with the with the ghost cat and the ghost, the uh, funky phantom crew are the ones with. They have a yeah, they're the ones with the ghost, obviously. Okay, so the funky phantom crew are the ones that drive the loony dooney <laughs> outside, but there is a dune racer character that talks inside. Okay, so the the shark is called Jabberjaw, and he's Jabberjaw. Uh, from the Neptunes. It's a musical group of teens who have a talking, air-breathing shark as their mascot, <laughs> who is also their drummer. I, of course, he is. You know, having hands. <laughs> I um, I wondered how he was he was breathing, but then I was like, that's the least of the this prop the. The issues of uh, realism on the show. But, yeah. Also, uh, the the thing that I wonder is, did anyone actually watch these shows? Not well. Clearly not us, <laughs> as we were born in the the eighties. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Actually, funky fan funky ugh, bleh, funky phantom. What is that original release? September eleventh, nineteen seventy one. Yeah, not us. <laughs> yeah, way before our time. Yeah. Uh, so we get introduced to uh, to uh, my the the object of my affection in this episode, which is Principal Quinlan. <laughs> Principal Quinlan is um. There are two uh, there are two women in this, and I don't know if they're recurring characters of the show. But um, there's uh, w- w- Principal Quinlan. Yeah. And there's uh, Angel Dynamite. Is she yep. part of like the Teen Angels or is she part of the sh- this show? All right. Who, who is Angel Dynamite? <laughs> that could be the name of a show right there. Who is Angel Dynamite? Who, I like who is Angel Dynamite. <laughs> I, I fucking really like that. <laughs> uh, Angel Dynamite was the alias slash alter ego used by a now adult Cassidy Williams, who had mysteriously disappeared along with the other members of the original mystery incorporated. What the, huh? Oh, uh, that's wild. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. We're learning things. So I'm going to assume because she isn't whisked away that she's part of like the 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 town. Like she's a recurring character. Uh, but yeah. um yeah, you're a fan of uh the principal and uh I might be a fan of uh Angel here. Principal Quinlan's got this like uh kind of like disheveled like pigtail, like kind of messed hair and glasses wears a ponytail messed hair nervous uh clear it has by her own admission like has no interest in uh being there or doing this but like (laughs) i can't even remember what she says but i it it made me laugh it was something like uh like they the school needed the money or something right to host the the finals because like uh i think i think it was fred's dad like made like a big donation in order so they would host right. so they would host and even though she doesn't want to be doing this like the school needs the money so here we are and she's like and afterwards there's going to be a party and refreshments uh dj'd by um angel dynamite and it turns to her and she's like straight out of like like she's got headphones the antenna for the headphones is sticking out of her like afro she's wearing like a tube top with like a ribbon tied in the middle she looks like skirt. something out of jet set radio future yeah or like um an enemy slash ally that becomes your ally in a space station what was that rhythm game uh space, space channel five space channel five yeah <laughs> right <laughs> i dig it and um a, a fiery demon shows up named Lord Infernicus, which to me sounds like the I name of that. a guitarist in a black metal band. That's a good call, Lord Infernicus. Like, look up like uh, like Norwegian like black metal bands. They always have like names like they always have <laughs> names like that. Amazing. Uh, oh, like Demonaz and Aboth and Infernus and Shagorath. Yeah, like. <laughs> Um, one thing back, I'm really curious because we don't see it, what the competition would have been. I know, I was kind of wondering about that. It's like, Like, what do you, how do you actually like compete? If anything, what Lord Infernicus is doing here is giving, well, he's, he's creating a competition, but he's kidnapping the contestants. See, which is what confused me, but I, I didn't mind because I, this episode mostly focused on. Uh, Scooby and the mascots and um, uh, uh, principal lady hot for teacher and uh, angel dynamite. Yeah. And, and I, I like that because we'll, all the other episodes are probably about the other characters anyway. And just that's a good be... song. That's a good song for the end of this episode. I got a bad, I got a bad, I got a bad. I'm hot for teacher. <laughs> I'm hot for angel dynamite. Um, so what ends up happening? Oh, I almost forgot. I have a little note here. I actually wrote some of the things down that I found really amusing. Um, before the competition and Lord Infernicus uh, <laughs> shows up, um, Fred stands up and he's like, that's right. And my dad's the mayor. So you guys shouldn't even bother. And I'm like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Like you're basically saying it's rigged, yeah, and that you realize that you're incredibly like privileged and you're like embracing that, 
have some fucking shame. But also, that makes me kind of want to watch the show. Like, how deep does this go? Like, how stupid is and like does Fred ever change? Like, do the characters change? I I don't know. It it, it piqued my interest that he's that bold about stating something like that. Yeah, I I th- this episode did actually like have my have my full attention while I was watching it. Now we kind of just hand wave everything as Lord Infernicus laughs and does like a ghost rider like flash and all the lights go out and all the humans are gone. Yeah. Except for uh uh, uh pr- hot except for hot for teacher and angel dynamite. Principal and Quinlan. I keep forgetting her name. Quinlan. Um and for some reason they weren't taken, but that's because they're not part of uh, the the mystery teams, right? And so they try to, uh, to. So it's just them and the mascots left. So who are the mascots we got? We've got Jabberjaw, we've got Scoob, Captain Caveman, and Funky Phantom, Funky Phantom, and his, his pet cat. cat. Yeah, I like that he <laughs> brings his cat with him. He brings his ghost ghost. Well. We'll talk about that later. The yeah. ghost cat with him, but the ghost cat is dressed. He, what is he dressed like? He's kind of like, like a soldier from from the American Revolution. I think he says later on in the episode that he's from the American Revolution. Oh, that explains like the petticoat and the cuffs and the hat, right? And but so is the cat, and I, I find that kind of like great. <laughs> like there's just like a little ghost cat that's also dressed like. It's also dressed like a like a, a revolutionary war soldier. Yeah, yeah, I I I dig that a lot. And uh, they quickly are like, oh man, they have to deal with uh, Captain Caveman, who basically there's some okay jokes with him, but his recurring gag is that uh, urge to kill rising, and he just wants to smash everything because he's a caveman. He is voiced by the great uh, Jim Cummings, though. Yeah. Jim Cummings, prolific, very prolific voice actor, one of the best in the world. But you can always tell that it's Jim Cummings. Well, yeah. <laughs> Much like Jennifer Hale. Same thing with Jennifer Hale. One of the most prolific uh, voice actors of our generation. Or like yeah, you gen- can... But you can always tell that it's Jennifer Hale. Or at least exactly. I can, anyway. Yeah, Captain Caveman! Crush! Captain Caveman, help Shark! So the uh, so the mascots decide. Oh, I just realized that Funky Phantom sounds like Snagglepuss. Who's Snagglepuss? Snagglepuss is that uh, he's that pink cat, and he talks like this. Oh, from heavens to Murgatroyd. <laughs> I can't believe we're solving this mystery. I don't know who this character is. He's a pink cat. I think he's got like a bow tie or something. Like, oh, there are a lot of pink cats. You probably know, like, um, I know the pink, pink panther. panther. Yeah, uh, he's just another pink, but he talks like this. Oh. And I just realized Funky Phantom talks just like that. Maybe it's the same guy. Huh? Yeah. When I was a kid, I I loved doing <laughs> I loved doing Snagglepuss impressions for my cousins and siblings. All right, I'm gonna look up Snagglepuss. I he's I'll like probably a... I'll probably know it when I see it. Oh yeah, definitely. Come on, oh. we've got a mystery to solve. Snagglepuss, a Hanna-Barbera character. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like you said, they rip off. 
they're, they're, they recycle their own own characters like frequently. But he talks just like the Funky Phantom. Oh, he used to uh, appear on uh, Yogi Bear a lot. That's why I know him. That's why I know him too. Because I'm like, what did I watch where where I could do an impression of him? And it's, it's Yogi. That's something was... I actually did watch. Yeah, same. Uh, there was a Yogi Bear cartoon that was on, I think, when we were little kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was. That one was a little bit later, I feel like. Because out of everyone I talked to, they didn't really weren't old enough to watch like Flintstones or Jetsons, except for like the reruns. Yeah. But almost all of them absolutely did watch like the reruns of Yogi Bear. Yeah. I'm surprised there isn't some sort of Yogi reference in here. Yeah, same. But yeah, um, what's what's the shark called? Uh, Jabberjaw. Yeah, he kind of talks like this. <laughs> <laughs> so they go off to find the uh, the mystery kids. Meanwhile, uh, a princess, princess, principal Quinlan. <laughs> My princess, uh, Quinlan and <laughs> Quinlan and uh, uh, Dynamite. Angel. Yeah, uh, uh, they go. Oh, um, they they figure out that they can't use their cell phones. Yeah. Because their cell phone signal is being blocked. So what Lord Infernicus... Lord Infernicus! What Lord Infernicus says is that uh, 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 there's a mystery to be solved and they have until midnight to solve it. No um, communication, no electronics devices. And I'm like, weird rules, bro. And so in my head, I'm like, okay, so this is part of the mystery. Uh, Like, evaluation or finals and then i'm like but it's also a fever dream whatever (laughs) right so uh dynamite and quinlan uh take speed buggy and like go up to the roof because um there's like some communication tower yeah there's communication tower up there so they get up try to fix it and try to fix it and they figure out that there's like some like jamming thing like blocking the signal and uh i like how uh uh uh, angel dynamite like opens it up and it looks like she's gonna like try and like start hacking it or something like that but then she just hits it and breaks it <laughs> that was pretty funny like you're thinking like time to hack yeah and then she's just like nope smash um and i like it when they're going away shaggy's like well what about us what do we do and angel dynamite's like you're a dog dog you figure it out and i'm like amazing look for clues solve the crime isn't that what you do best and i'm like yeah uh infernicus catches them uh uh like fucking with the cell tower and like this is hilarious okay because i have at 805 uh something funny Okay, so at, at around 805, uh, the principal turns to Angel Dynamite, and she's like, you know, you, you're very robust for a woman. Like those female wrestlers. Oh, Except yeah. uh, not so veiny. <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I, I think this is like, a, this is a very awkward person's attempt to flirt. <laughs> it's kind of the vibe yeah, that I was getting. They have very, they're very opposite, right? Yeah, you're very, very robust for for. I almost did like um, a uh, 
uh, why can't I remember his name? Um, I almost did like a like like a voice, um, uh, like a Woody Allen. Um, wow, you're very robust um, f- for a woman. <laughs> almost went Christopher Walken there. Like you're, the wrestlers, you're, you're very robust for a f- f- female. <laughs> you're very robust for a female. Isn't that right, brother? <laughs> human, human, female. <laughs> 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 Except your arms aren't as veiny as the athletes on TV. <laughs> I love that our uh, the laser comb head cannon is that um, the Ferengi are like the <laughs> the race of of, of uh, incels of incels <laughs> of um, crypto crypto bro <laughs> incels. I mean, I mean they they are. <laughs> They kind of are. They're all about profit. They're they're all about making money and women being naked around them all the time, or showing uh, trace amounts of personality. <laughs> trace amounts. Um, uh, and so sorry. If, I, yeah, you're right. Uh, the the car climbs the tower, which is another moment where I was like, amazing. <laughs> like they're in the car strapped in and the dune buggy just starts climbing the tower and there's no explanation yeah it it just climbs the tower i didn't i didn't need an explanation you didn't even question that. it did you no it can I'm climb like, i'm like yeah that tracks <laughs> so infernicus shows up and like knocks them off of the the tower and they like fall through the no roof. cheating <sighs> And literally starts firing like energy blasts at them until they fall. Like, yeah, oh, they, that's dark. They they fall and land in a swimming pool. Right. They crash through the ceiling of the school and they fall in the school pool. Meanwhile, uh, Scooby and the gang of mascots. Oh yeah, they go to like the science lab or something. Yeah, because uh, uh, Scooby finds some like wood shavings that he sniffs and he follows the trail to like the science lab and he finds a bunch of guinea pigs. Was wearing... not expecting this. No, I wasn't expecting this either. He finds a bunch of guinea pigs like all dressed as the uh, like all of the uh, mystery teams in separate, in separate uh, glass, glass and so... curiously, even though they're guinea pigs. And so the funky phantom uh, uh, assumes that, oh, they uh, Lord Infernicus must have turned them all into guinea pigs. And Scooby is like, hold on. We're missing tri- something here. That doesn't make sense. He tries to give uh, uh, Shaggy, the, the, the Shaggy guinea pig, a Scooby snack. And it just gets thrown back at him. And he's like, that's not Shaggy. Shaggy would never, <laughs> never refuse a Scooby snack. And then they start, um, uh, so bo- basically they both double down. The funky phantom is like, uh, it's like, no, like we, we, we got to figure out how to change them back. And Scooby's like, but we're missing something. We should, uh, we should, uh, uh explore some other angles. And the funky and phantom immediately is like, I'm like, hmm. the funky, the funky phantom is like, I'm from the uh, the American uh, Revolutionary War. Like I'm centuries old, and uh, maybe I have a little bit more experience with this than you. And Scooby's than like a dog. Scooby's like, <laughs> who died and put you in charge? I loved that. 
And oh. then he just stares at Scooby and he's like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Again, like actually great writing. Yeah. <laughs> Who died to put you in charge? Um, and so he's like, well, I'm going to the library to look for ways to change them back. Yeah. And the others, um, uh, the shark and caveman, uh, they're like, well, who do we, who do we follow? Right. And uh, before they have a chance to, in case you weren't sussy of, um, the phantom already, the funky phantom already, as soon as he goes around the corner, uh, Infernicus comes from the same corner and immediately starts like terrorizing uh scooby caveman and uh right. shark shark man well he's not a shark man he's just a shark yeah jabberjaw jabberjaw and uh he gives him a good scare but uh despite the fact he's like rending the walls and like being a menace uh he just kind of like explodes and nobody gets hurt yep um, but there's back- a clue a docking manifest <laughs> and caveman's like caveman no read ink scribbles caveman angry and he's like Ang-. it's interesting anti-intellectualism from captain caveman there right uh and scooby's like i can read and i'm like really and he's like help help shake you with homework <laughs> and i'm like Hell yes. Of course, Shaggy gets homework help with a fucking dog. I mean, he's not a normal dog, but I, I love that. This this is world building. That's what I mean about writing. Like, hell yeah. Scooby helps Shaggy with his homework. That's why he knows how to read. <laughs> Back at the uh, the swimming pool, uh, a- Angel Dynamite is outside the pool, which that fall probably should have killed her, but whatever. Because, uh, I mean, at least uh, the others landed it in the pool, but seems she didn't. Um, and uh, so she, so Angel Dynamite, like, goes over and, like, wakes up uh, uh, the principal, Quinlan. Right, because they're kind of knocked out. They're yeah. wet. And we get the, uh, the the shot that's going to be the, the show art for the episode. Yeah. I'm, Something I'm for everyone. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, but Dune Buggy is uh, is at the bottom of the swimming pool, and they're like, "Oh, well, he's uh, we're, he's too heavy to lift out of there." Oddly morbid. Yeah, the lifeless. Like do, the the Dune Buggy character just like lying upside down the bottom of the pool. Uh, Quinlan mentions that there is a like emergency release valve to drain the water, so they do that, and then they go. I love this. Angel Dynamite hops. You ain't dying on me, motherfucker. <laughs> hops onto uh, uh, Dune Buggy, who is upside down, and starts performing CPR on him. And and, like, then... and she yells to uh, Quinlan, um, "Quick, give him like mouth to mouth, give him air." And she's like, "But there's no That's... mouth." God damn it, woman, just blow. God damn it, woman, just blow. And so she goes up to like the grill and she's like, uh, okay. And she just goes and like tries to blow air into it. And wouldn't you know it from both of their efforts, <laughs> spits up water, covers Quinlan in, in water. And uh, yeah, Buggy's alive. Buggy's alive. <laughs> and then a very weird moment of self 
self discover self realization just, happens where uh Quinlan suddenly is so psyched because they she just, just saved, saved a life. life. She, she takes off her glasses, undoes her hair, and suddenly she got suddenly some cleat suddenly becomes like all sexy and confident and is like her shirt's what? down a little bit more and there's actually a line for cleavage yeah and she's like uh what a what a rush that was we need to go and find someone else and drown them and so we can revive them what the fuck <laughs> and i'm like whoa 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 like finding yourself and being like i want to save people that's my calling is one thing but like at some like beginning serial killer shit yeah like oh let, let's go drown some other people so i can save them and i'm like whoa back up to the part where you you saved a life leave it at that don't tell other people about the you wanting but, to drown them part but i i like a angel dynamite's reaction all she says is no time <laughs> yeah, <doesn't> even... <laughs> and then just moves on yeah no time uh, there's no time for that <laughs> and we're not gonna we just unravel that at all <laughs> not gonna touch that amazing uh the show is quite funny yeah even like quinlan when she's like discovering herself she's like heavily breathing and she talks different and she feels so alive and it's like whoa calm down you just saved a car's life and now it brings the question this is scooby's dream yeah <laughs> i just want to say so is this Sorry, one second here. Is Zoom working? Come back, Zoom. You can do it. There we go. Uh, is Scooby attracted to women? Like, he's dreaming this. Like, yeah. does he have an, an asphyxiation like kink? Because like uh, he's dreaming these side scenes. Right. We know he appreciates the booty, he is a dog. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm trying to unravel the psyche of Scoob, <laughs> Scooby-Doo here. <laughs> I, I think it's just, just best to, uh, to, to, to go with it and just, just, questions. Let, just go with it. Yeah. There's no time and yeah, no time. <laughs> <laughs> so what ends up happening? They all meet back up, right? Yeah. And, um, they're all driving on the dune buggy and they still have the guinea pigs just mm -hmm. in case. They need to save them somehow, which is hilarious to me. Because Jabberjaw has been carrying them. <laughs> like all of them. <laughs> and so they so chase down Infernicus, who is drive using the, uh, I guess, the shipping manifest. Right. The shipping manifest was Scoob's uh, like clue that he had found. They go to the office briefly because... I can't, um, I can't remember what it says, but I found the shipping manifest kind of funny because it was like, uh, it, it was like arrival time, like pretty soon or something like that. It was just right. like, it didn't read like an actual like shipping manifest would. And he's like, we have to, it looks like there's a shipping coming soon. And uh, the principal goes to her drawer where she confiscates... Um, all the students like cell phones and just uses randomly one of them uh to call the sheriff mm. and i'm pretty sure the sheriff is voiced by patrick warburton but uh it might just be somebody that sounds like him uh let's find out yeah let's who is 
I'd be amazed if it wasn't, but it could just be somebody doing a Patrick Warburton voice. He's not listed in the. Let oh. me. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Yeah, it is Patrick Warburton. Call Sheriff Bronson Stone. Sheriff Bronson. Interesting <laughs> name. I wonder how I, many characters he. I completely missed this scene. I don't know what happened. It's just very brief because uh, the principal's like, hey, Sheriff, it's like me. And he's like, nice try. And it's like a name of a student. He's like, yeah, you're trying to prank the police again. Ha ha. Very funny. Next thing you'll ask me is uh, if my refrigerator's running. <laughs> uh, and he like hangs up and they're like, shit, well, we're getting no help from the police. We got to We got to handle this ourselves. Yeah. And so they chase down Lord Infernicus, who's driving like a semi truck. I love that so much. They just chase him down and homie's just driving a truck. Yeah, a guy like made of fire, engulfed in flames. Skeleton just, hands, skull face. It's just driving a truck. And there's a scene where he it shows him look in the rearview mirror. And he, I almost expected him to be like, ah, shit. Like he's just a dude driving. Yeah. And in the, in the back of the truck is... um. Uh, in the back of the truck are a whole bunch of shipping crates. Yeah. And inside those are the mystery, the missing mystery kids, which he was going to, we, we, cause they end up catching him. There's a fast and furious scene. Yeah. There's like a catch- chase scene. They end up catching him and they think he reveals that, uh, he was planning on shipping them off to Africa where, uh, mystery kid, mystery teams are in high demand right now. Yeah, so when they open the back <laughs> of the crate, they stop him, right? Uh, Angel Dynamite is like, like, judo kick and like kicks the, f- I love that, just fucking kicks the the huge padlock off of the back of the crate. Um, Velma, Daphne, and all the other like teen crime solvers are all just in the back. And it doesn't explain how he's going to profit from this or like what the goals were or how he even caught them. It's just like there's a high demand of teen, specifically teenage uh, mystery solvers, uh, high demand in Africa. Yeah. So he's human trafficking yep. teenagers to, to Africa. And that's his motivation. Yeah. And they pull off the... Um, Infernicus's mask and it's the it, ghost. It's the funky phantom. <laughs> it's the funky phantom. And then they pull a, that mask off and it turns out that he is just an actor. And yeah, and he's he, just an actor and he speaks like this. A classically trained thespian. I believe is what he actually refers to himself as. A classically trained thespian and it's revealed that he it's he is the funky phantom, but he was never a ghost. Yeah. Um, he was laying low and somebody uh, told him about a clock where he could just like, you know, like uh, crash on for free. And he was just like pretending to be a ghost. I that, that That's some ruse to be the, able what to, a ruse. To, to be able to pull it off. And apparently he pulled the... Apparently, he pulled the same ruse over his cat as well, because I think his cat actually is a ghost. Yeah, because the cat, like, rolls his sleeves up, and he's like, you've been lying to me, bub, or something like that, and, like, tackles him, and, like, attack 
cat attacks his face. And I'm like, there's yeah. a lot to unravel here. <laughs> and apparently he, um, the, uh, the, his the, plans the, so elaborate, the, the gerbils were, were just, uh, were designed to be a distraction. And he, red even, herring, like, he even like, sewed like their like clothing to, to make I it, love that. to make it look exactly like, when uh, did he have the time <laughs> using like the same, like vintage, uh, cloth. To make he specifies the, that. Yeah, he does. Yeah, to make the clothing, <laughs> to make them look like the members of the mystery teams. All of them. Yeah. Um, in painstaking detail, I'm like, you're in the wrong trade, my my dude. Human trafficking, dude. You know how much those could sell for on Etsy, right? <laughs> and he just. It's such a pain. And then he goes into grueling detail about the mirrors. Um, the, uh, uh, the, uh, what do they call fiery effects? Uh, par pyro pyrotechnics, the pyrotechnics he did, um, the illusions of recording the voice using a voice. He goes and he just, this guy is basically, this this guy's basically motherfucking Mysterio. This guy's Mysterio. And it's (laughs) like, you could do so much for the world, but instead you're a serious actor. That's also a human trafficker. (laughs) That's also involved in human trafficking. You're going away for a long time, buddy. Um, but then it's revealed uh, Scoob, Scoob just kind of wakes up in, in his bed, man. And he's like, oh, how's it, how's it going? How's it going, little furry dude? Reggy? Ralma? Red? Raphne? What are you doing here? What about the, uh, the, the uh, state fi- club state finals? Oh, we we blew that off. We couldn't do that without you. And Fred's like, that's right. That's right. We would never uh, leave. You're a team member. We would never do it without me. One moment. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes out of the room, like starts losing his shit again. No! Why? Uh, Why me? And um, then Daphne reveals, oh, and besides, we told like the facilitator. Um that you were sick and like we couldn't make it and he wanted all the teams present so they just postponed but we haven't told fred <laughs> and i'm like i like this is we're establishing relationships here <laughs> so the uh, the actor guy who was the funky phantom shows up right the actor shows up but he's flesh colored yeah he's who's uh... there for some reason the chairman right yeah yeah, he's the the chairman of the 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 state finals, and he's the human version of Funky Phantom, but he's wearing like a, a suit. And he's yeah. like, "Hello, it's so nice to meet you. I'm the chairman of the state finals. We would never run it without the one and only Scooby Doo." And he's like, "You seem familiar." And I'm like, "Yeah, he does." <laughs> little sus. Yeah, little sus. And he's like, but I had a dream, and you were there, and you were there. And, and were so like, were you. And so were you. And they and they point to some toys, uh, some merch, if you will, uh, on the counter. And they're like, well, it sounds like it was all a dream, Scoob. And uh, there's a, um, um, uh, a, a, a jabber, uh, what's this guy, Shark's name? I don't know why I never remember that. Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. <laughs> uh, Jabberjaw there. Um, 
the caveman. the rest of the care Captain Caveman, right? Uh, but it doesn't explain why the chairman was the funky phantom. Who could say? Who could say? But yeah, uh, they get to go after all. And now I'm very curious about what these uh, mystery solving state finals would be. But uh, yeah, the whole thing was a dream. Yeah, the whole thing was a dream of a dog (laughs) (laughs) who has interesting sexual frustrations involving, um, like, angel dynamite and the principal of the school. Like, there's a lot to (laughs) unravel here. Mm -hmm. Particularly the the principal. And uh, that's, that's the episode. Um, that, is, that is the episode. Before we go on, uh, is there any any tidbits, uh, anything you want to unravel or talk about that we we missed or or touched on? Uh, well, I discovered through uh, doing uh, my legitimate journalism that this is the only episode that Principal Quinlan appears in. Unfortunately, oh. so they just had her in here as some odd sex dream of a dog yep it interesting i huh like is that even the principle (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot to unravel there like he he likes women discovering things for themselves sure why not yeah let's go with that that's the safest bet uh here on oh man no more print well i guess we can't keep well Actually, um, Christopher Siege, um, you just caught a random episode of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, the one episode with um, uh, Principal Quenlin, who only shows up in this episode. But given that, would you still tune in next week? I would not. Is it because that character doesn't come back? Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. That's this, fair. This cartoon principal, this awkward cartoon principal, like defeated principal chick, like really did it for me. Uh, yeah, no, I, this is kind of a, a, an anomaly in that I thoroughly enjoyed what I watched, but I still probably wouldn't watch it again. I'd watch this episode again. And I did, I did buy it on uh, iTunes. And pause so. it at certain moments, that which may or may not be the thumbnail for this episode. Exactly. But, um, <laughs> you, so what you're saying is you have experienced all that Mystery Incorporated has to offer. <laughs> you feel like you've had a crash course. I, I, I would like to think so, yes. Enter- entertaining episode. Uh, the, the villain, the villain's name being something out of a black metal band is hilarious. That, to that's me. pretty good. <laughs> um, the ridiculousness, the, the, one of the, car- the a cartoon card, like being on the brink of death. And they <laughs> perform CPR on it. That they perform CPR, the, the implication, not even implication, the human <laughs> trafficking Shakespearean actor. I, that is bananas man this was this is not like the shit we had as kids i mean we had things like dinobot dying so right also incredibly like deep but not like 
not like sexually awakened like asphyxi asphyxiation like mistresses <laughs> um that were actually a dog dream um but that being said it's like the animation i like the writing i like um the the jokes everything i like but it still is paint by numbers scooby-doo and i feel as strongly about watching another episode of scooby-doo now as i do back when i was a kid so i I don't think i would tune in next week either but that's not because the show isn't good just it is very much hijink characters something bad happens they find the bad guy they unmask him everything ends up okay and that's i'm an adult now (laughs) right like i think this is actually probably the first one of the only examples of us landing on the best possible episode that we could have it's a fever dream it's completely it's a fever dream it's standalone um there's hot principle (laughs) yeah um uh cameo or appearances by other uh Hanna-Barbera characters yeah this this is the best possible episode that we could have landed on I I think that's right oh I think when we were doing anime month we landed on like an a a story medley um when we did Kino's journey it was like three like little like dissections of almost like a flashback like episode but that's rare uh yeah usually we, the, we had to watch usually three two one penguins <laughs> <laughs> oh. although i have a feeling that might as well have been the best episode <laughs> we'll never know nope oh <laughs> uh, anyway that was episode 59 of the uh the the laser comb podcast best way to support the show let's go to patreon.com slash laser comb l-a-z-o-r-c-o-m-b we're at the single five dollar tier much like cone killer confusor you get to pick a show for us to re- review a random episode of on this very podcast and you also get our weekly ish uh it's a couple weeks behind because i've had covid weekly ish uh uh Patreon exclusive show, the Super Laser Comb Patreon Super Show, and a whole hour, hundreds, literally hundreds of hours of like archival content of other stuff we've done on Patreon. So if you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. Follow me on Twitter at lasercomb. Cal, you are at? And I am at NeoCal on Twitter and TikTok, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. We will be back next week with... Um, something uh something a little unprecedented on the laser comb podcast thus far and that's why she and that's why i'm i'm going with this one because for the first time ever we had two patrons request the same show no yep no yep (laughs) so uh both uh long time uh uh, patron and listener lewis and uh 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 new 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 patron uh daniel uh both requested a uh, nightman really and it, and indeed uh daniel if you're listening uh after we do nightman we'll we'll do another pick from you i just wanted to do this wanted to do nightman next week because it's this is the first time like we've ever been gotten the request for the same show from two different patrons 
So let's uh, figure out how many episodes Nightman has. Why does this look familiar? Uh, it was on space a lot in the late 90s. There we go. Anyone uh, listening to us knows that we're big. Space being a Canadian channel. Yeah. It's now called CTV Sci-Fi. Stupid name. Uh, so 44 episodes. So one random numbers between 1 and 44. And here we go. Da -da 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 Night man. man. Fighter of the Fighter day, man. Fighter of the day, man. <laughs> 43. Wow. Out of 44. How many times do we land on like the penultimate like this it's been a lot like the second was, to last episode it's happened a couple of times i was really hoping that uh oh we were only off by one damn it there, there's an episode where nightman shows up in or uh, uh manimal shows up in nightman are you serious yeah i mean we could just watch that too <laughs> true manimal shows up in nightman yes yeah, played by simon mccorkendale that's um, the same actor right so we were that off would have by... been the third thing we would have seen. <laughs> we would have seen him in. Right. Uh, yeah, we were off by one episode, though. So uh, episode 43 is season two, episode 21, Nightwoman Returns. Nightwoman seeks Nightman's help to protect the queen and her infant son from the woman's evil husband and his voodoo priestess. As you do. This, this sounds great. Night woman shows up. There's a voodoo priestess. It's basically like the episode we just watched of Scooby Doo. Ah, uh, basically, yeah. Well, Captain we'll Caveman makes an appearance. <laughs> bring Manimal in. Why bring in the six million dollar man and the Incredible Hulk while we're at it? The the Incredible Hulk, the six million dollar man, um, Night Rider. <laughs> yeah. Not um, not what's his name, but the just the car. Just the car. <laughs> But also David Hasselhoff, but he's playing his Baywatch character, and him and like the the car kit kind of just look at each other and be like, "Don't I know you from somewhere?" Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, don't know. You look like someone I know." Yeah. Oh and wait, that, how did Night Night Rider talked like this? I think. Yeah. <laughs> this was not a show around when I was born. <laughs> I, I saw reruns of Night Rider when I was a little kid. I wasn't super into it, but yeah, I've but seen I, like clips and stuff. I used to watch uh, uh, reruns of, of a lot of those like 80s shows like The A-Team and Knight, Knight Rider and stuff like that. Never watched any of The A-Team. I loved it. Yeah, never ever caught it. Never caught any reruns or watched any of it. What well, maybe, is Nightman? Well, maybe we'll, uh, we'll review an episode of it on this podcast sometime. And uh, until next week, I've been The Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm Dayman, fighter of the Nightman. <laughs> Neo-Cal. Uh, th <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. We will uh, be hot for teacher next week. Bye. <laughs> Take a trip to another dimension.